On July 4th, 1776, a declaration was made that the greatest country of all time was going to come to be. That country happens to be the island that we live on currently. From the great state of Maine all the way down to the southern tip of Florida, over to Southern California, all the way up to the northwestern tip of Washington, Alaska, and Hawaii. The states that came to be were supposed to be this depiction of perfection for where you would want to inhabit your lives. Supposed to be a place where you could speak and live and do whatever the fuck you please. Did we always hit the mark? No, no, absolutely not. There's been plenty of times where we missed mightily. But I think all in all, if you look around, there's a lot more good than bad. And July 4th is always a day each year for us to remember that although our country has some flaws, we're the greatest fucking country on earth. Happy birthday to America. Happy belated to Canada. And let's celebrate the shit out of America. The red, the white, and the blue. Impound some lights and heavies, brews. I'm lucky to be an American. I'm proud to be an American. And every time I leave the country, I can't wait to get back to America. I am currently sitting in Hawaii, which just so happens to be one of the most important states in the United States history. Because there once was a time where there were some military folks just chilling out there in a little picture of paradise. And some fucking came and dropped some bombs over there. And a slew of men went to war and fought for this country we live in. So let's remember that whenever petty differences arise, that there's a lot more on the line than just the standard drama bullshit. This is the country of freedom and a country of opportunity. And we have to do everything we can each day to enjoy the shit out of that, or we're disrespecting everything that's ever happened in the past. Today we put our swords aside and celebrate another year of the greatest country on earth. In honor of America, Ty Schmidt has put together a hell of a patriotic celebration for you to listen to today. Like Pat just mentioned, it is July 4th, 2019. Hope everyone's having a great 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. We're on vacation for the rest of the week. Everyone's out of the office. Pat is in Hawaii enjoying some well-deserved R&R, but we still got some good shit lined up for today. But before we get into that, today's show is presented by SeatGeek, the number one ticket-buying app on the earth and the moon. Summer's heating up right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. Baseball's in mid-swing, concerts, comedy shows, you name it. Whatever kind of ticket you're looking for, SeatGeek's got you covered. And that's because they scour the internet far and wide for the best prices for you guys. Okay, They're not doing it for themselves. All right, They're doing it for you guys. Everyone in this office has SeatGeek. We all love it because it's the best and easiest way to find tickets. If you go on there right now and use promo code PAT, you're going to get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Or if you use promo code McAfee, you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. PAT preaches it a lot. You know, have a little self-awareness. If you're not quite there yet, if you need that little extra bump, use the promo code McAfee. Get yourself 20 bucks off. Maybe you're in a comfortable position right now. You know, the wallet's soon okay. Use promo code PAT. 
to get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek really is the greatest ticket buying app on the uh, planet. And, you know, they're, they're great people, too. So if you're, if you're looking for some seats, if you're going to get some tickets, make sure you do it through SeatGeek. All right, the first interview we got today was actually recorded uh, a, decent, a decent amount of time ago. It was when we were still with Barstool. But uh, the reason we're pulling it out is we just met this guy recently in the Bahamas. He's going to be coming back on the show very soon. He's an absolute legend in every sense of the word. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat's best friend, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Mr. Rodgers, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Thank you for finally inviting me. Okay, well, I, don't need, I don't need your shit. Hold on, let me give you an intro. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, he's a six-time Pro Bowler. He's a Super Bowl champion, two-time NFL MVP. He has 313 touchdowns in the National Football League, a career passer rating of 103.8. I have no clue what that means, but I know it's very high. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, how many people do you have in the room? <laughs> There's five or six of us in like here. More than one person clapping. Well, it's you a, have an audience in there. Well, you deserve that, Aaron. I assume everywhere you go, there's a nice audience. We have a group of six here excited for this conversation with the legend Aaron Rodgers. That is you. Yeah, I uh, I actually pay a guy to walk around with one of those megaphones. Megway, <laughs> megway. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Here comes but- the 103.8 quarterback rating guy. <laughs> I have no idea what that 103.8, but I know that's very high. So I know it's very impressive. Let's talk about it. Your career has been one that's absolutely impeccable. You came in as a backup. You took over the reins in Green Bay, and you've done nothing short of just dazzle the entire National Football League. You're coming back off an injury this year. How does Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers feel this year, 2018 season? Wow. Yeah, this you like a big time deal, man. I'm I'm impressed. I, I know this is not your first rodeo, but um, <laughs> well done for the brand, obviously. Hey, um, Aaron, all that oh, we're, we're going to clip that by the way <laughs> yes. and pull that forever. I just yeah. want you to know that. Yes, you should. Yeah. You should. And by the way, let me just before I get into some serious football talk, I just want to say that I I really enjoy following you on social media and I enjoy your uh, your posts when you're lighting up and gassing up the punters around the league. So continue thank you for that uh, as far as the green bay packers go um, i do that for you aaron by the way i do yes, that sh- i know you do yep. i know yep okay good yes yeah i don't know how we're gonna be if shoot what's the prognosticator saying we're gonna be pretty good um no i like what we've done we, we did some we did some things that you know we haven't done in a while we brought in a bunch of veteran guys who can uh, who can really play so that's a, that's good you know you've been locker room you know, when you add guys from other teams to the league, it, it can kind of go either way. And this year we had some guys who are really adding to the mix and, and buying into what we're doing and, and really uh, bringing some leadership to the locker room, which I think we were lacking. Um, you combine that with the, you know, new uh, offensive coordinator, uh, it's been really good. I like the, I like the vibe right now. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It's a long season. A lot of things change. We just got to be in front of the change and find a way to be playing our best at the right time. You play golf. You play guitar. Uh, you're dating Danica Patrick. You're the best quarterback I've ever seen. It seems as if you have life figured out. Any tips on how <laughs> I can be a better human? No, I'm, I'm inspired by you, so I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to, to figure out. I, I was going to ask you the same question. I mean, you seem to seem to got things uh, figured out pretty good. I think it's just uh, – 
having a give away, you know, a give away meter that's really low, right? Yep. You know, you just don't. Uh, nothing really bothers you a whole lot. I think that's that. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this. You, when we get older, just you you learn to let things go a little bit easier, and as you let things go a little bit easier, and 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 don't don't be so sensitive. Like your quality of life goes way up, and uh, you start attracting the same type of people who aren't kind of locked up in this. Uh, social media world of instant gratification and and uh, ADHD and and you you know find those people you can have good intelligent deep conversations with and and uh, and experience experience life together so you're doing it I'm, I'm living vicariously through you sometimes well just know that I live vicariously through you every single day the big trigger question is if you were to procreate would you allow your kid <laughs> to play football I would I definitely would well, if he had Aaron Rodgers as his dad, I think I'd let my <laughs> If my kid had Aaron Rodgers as his dad, I'd let him play football too, just for future reference. Uh, your yeah, de- but multiple sports, multiple sports. Are you a are you a single sport uh, advocate, or are you a play a bunch of sports? I think you should play everything. I think it makes you better at all the sports if you're well rounded. I assume you agree. One hundred percent. Why is it becoming singular? I think, yup. <laughs> hey, why did they, why have people become singular focused sports? Why has that become the big thing for young kids these days? Why is it? Because the selfishness of the coaches? Yeah, I think you get somebody who can only coach one sport or player who can only do one thing. And instead of, you know, learning through mistakes and failures and being incredible at one sport and not as great at another sport. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to feel bad or get corrected or anything. I'm just going to play one sport where I know I'm good and I don't have to, you know, be corrected or have some failure or deal with frustration. I mean, that's that's kind of what I think. We're giving out, you know, ribbons and trophies and for everything instead of, you know, being uh, mentally tough and dealing with and learn what it means to be to be coachable. You're saying people are soft. Getting softer, yeah. Do you think? Do you think the younger generation of the NFL is vastly different than what it used to be in the NFL? I mean, I think that that's kind of a vague question that I can, you know. You run with it, however, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, I think you should run because when I, whenever I was getting later into my career, I noticed that the younger generation was so much different than what it used to be like. Whether it came to, I don't want to say about mental toughness, but it really seemed as if it was getting softer. And I don't know if that was just the people we were bringing into our team, or if that's the NFL in general. If it's becoming more of a me situation as opposed to a team situation. Yeah, I think that there's definitely. Uh different type of player not that you can't get guys on board with what you're what you're doing if you have great leadership but um which i and i truly believe that's possible um, i'm not going to write off this oh you know kids these days they can't you know no i don't i don't believe that. i think you think you can teach people how to be mentally tough to be locked in to be focused to be coachable i really do but um uh i think there's there's less of that fear for job security, and I think you can probably agree with me on that as as a whole. There's just not that uh, maybe fear that even I had as a first round pick that damn man, if I don't play good, I'm getting I'm getting axed, you know. So I better be always on time and always prepared and ready to go and show an improvement. There just might not be that same type of approach uh, at the same level. 
I think I agree with that a lot. I think a lot of people are expecting a lot of things these days. Are you like a wine drinker? You're from California. Are you a super snobby drinker? Do you drink at all? Do you have a good time? What is Aaron Rod? Can you have a good time? You're one of the most notable humans in the country. Well, I can definitely have a good time, Pat. <laughs> what do you do, Mr. Rogers? I, and I like my scotch. Oh, oh what a man's yeah. man that is. <laughs> Single malt or blended? Scotch. Single. Oh no, hangover! I like that. That's nice. a real alcoholic. That's a real alcoholic. And and, uh, and I, you know, I like my bourbon as well. Right. Are you a neat guy or on the I rocks? Won't turn down, I, I won't turn down uh, wine. You know, red wine. But uh, but if I'm having a drink, I like to have a little scotch with uh, a couple of little ice cubes. Oh. Not the big one. Not a big ice cube. Just a couple of little ones. <laughs> well the big one kind of gets in the way probably hit, hits your mouth your teeth all that stuff i can respect that who's somebody you had a good time with drank a little bit with that you were like you know what had no idea this guy was going to be this good of a time and that just kind of surprised you aj hawk would be a guy that i was very surprised that he's a good time anybody else comes to your mind no aj is a blast i love aj i, I would say scott tolzine scotty scotty <laughs> Scotty T, man, he's the best. He was my backup here for a few years, and um, we do a trip every year to the Derby, and uh, he came one year, and we had an absolute blast uh, together. It's a big group, you know, it's a bunch of guys from the team come and some some other friends um, from over the years, but uh, Scott Tolzine, it's definitely, uh, definitely a really good time. I've heard about these trips. Do you own horses or just gamble on them and have a good time in Louisville? The latter. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> Jesus. I think to own horses, yeah, that's it's uh it's not really my uh my cup of tea there. I'd rather just go and watch. What do you do for fun? I like to golf. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're in that golf tournament with uh what's his face? Steph Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Yeah. How is your game? Are you really every quarterback seems to be very good at golf. Are you the best in the league? Uh I don't know about best in the league. I I, I think I'm I'm close, probably. At that event, let's see who was there. Alex Smith was there. He can hit uh, all the short stuff, he, guaranteed. He's a Goff system golfer. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to do that. I'm very Goff, Goff and Bortles, not very good golfers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let me, but I don't know, Pat, if you know Blake at all. He's a good time, though. Great time. Great time. He said if yeah. he wasn't in the NFL, he'd be burning cigs and working as a construction worker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Good time. All right. Well, Mr. Rogers, I appreciate your time. Uh, a prediction for the Green Bay Packers. You guys are going to go undefeated. That's awesome. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with everything. I thank you for finally joining us here. Uh, you're a gentleman. And hey, have me back sometime, all right? So we can talk about some, you know. You have too many people. More stuff. You have too many people to get uh-huh. through. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, uh, Tom's right here. He's, he's he's tough to deal with. He really is. <laughs> That's the PR guy? Yep. That's unbelievable. Well, you yep. go ahead and do your thing. I'm very, You're very busy starting quarterback of an NFL team. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, he's about to win his third NFL MVP this upcoming season. Yep. Big-ass, yep. tall-ass Jimmy Graham is going to be just an outlet <laughs> in the red zone. Can't wait to watch that. Uh, number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Pat. You're the best. Have a good one, buddy. See you later. What a human. 
What a fucking human. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything is just like, well, uh, the way he talks, it just seems as if he's painting a picture with everything he's, that you say. When you're that good, you're just so calm and oh, just and relaxed. The playing the guitar thing, by the way, I wanted mm-hmm. to get into that more because I watched that one interview where he was singing a guitar. Mm-hmm. They set him up to look bad, and he somehow looked cool. Just the coolest dude on earth. Aaron yeah, Rogers. really So is. smooth, man. So <laughs> smooth. I uh, think you just said, do we become best friends? I said, yep, Aaron Rodgers, back to being my best friend. <laughs> Pat mentioned this on Tuesday's show, but Rogers really couldn't couldn't be nicer of a human being. He takes a lot of heat from the media, obviously, for you know being standoffish or you know people call him an asshole or whatever. But you know, I mean, he's like like Pat mentioned, he sat down with them and they were just bullshit and talking shop for forty five minutes to an hour. You know, there's there's a lot of other big names there, but uh, Rogers just really generally, I think, does enjoy Pat's company which is why I'm really excited to kind of see where their relationship goes from here. Like I said, he's going to be back on the show at some point. Hopefully it's uh, sooner than later. But he would definitely consider Pat, you know, one of his guys, I think, which is good for all of us. Before we get into this next interview, I want to talk to you guys about something fairly serious, okay? Listen, most guys have tried different ways to last longer in the sack, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work, okay? But the folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. That's right, you heard me. Everyone knows that saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't work. All right, Never has. Whoever made that up is full of shit. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed, though. They're effective, easy to use, fast-acting, and doctor-recommended. Okay, that's the big three right there but they don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. You're out at the club, you know, you see something's going on, you think you're about to get lucky maybe, slide in the bathroom, boom, pull it out, swipe it on up. And these things are so great that, you know, they're not going to transfer your partner so you can last longer without worrying about that, okay? Put that out of your mind right now. They're super easy to use, All you got to do is take the swipes out of the packet, apply, let it dry, and you're good to go. I mean, it's as simple as that. So do yourself a favor and keep Roman swipes in your back pocket for longer, better sex, and get yours fast with free two-day shipping by visiting GetRoman.com forward slash USA. That's GetRoman.com forward slash USA. Speaking of thinking about baseball, this next guy... We first met at the Super Bowl in Atlanta at a Top Golf, who, just like Rodgers, is probably one of the most misunderstood athletes on the face of the earth. I mean, no matter what this guy does, he takes shit, he takes heat, but he just keeps on moving. I, I believe that the Syracuse Mets are in town July 15th through July 18th. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to uh, reconnect with this guy and maybe get him into the office for a little bit of content. I think there's uh, some cool shit we could do with him in here. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Tebow. You look incredible, dude. It's a good jacket. You look incredible. Today, the boots. I feel like I'm still super dirty, though. We just came from a service project for a veteran, so I'm not like... Of course you oh, did. Man. Of course you did. I don't even... Are we, are we going... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who needs no introduction, but I'll do it. 
Greatest college football player of all time. First round draft pick for the Denver Broncos. Now he's about to be a major league baseball player. There's nothing he can't do. Heisman winner, handsome man, legend on and off the field. I, I'm so excited you're here, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Tebow. <laughs> I, I appreciate that introduction. That's very kind of you. Well, I could have got more in. I don't know if it was all true, but thank you. It is all true. I believe it is all true. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, it'd be a major league baseball player. We need to speak player. into the mic a little bit. Yeah, you got to speak into the mic, Tim. Oh, come sorry. on. I mean, it's hey, your first okay. time. Ali, I, I thought we had good mics here, no. dude. No. 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 This, is our travel, this is our travel kit. Tim, I have so many questions. Yes. Whenever, Far away, man. Whenever you were in college. Okay. Okay. We were all living in Tim mm-hmm. Tebow's world. We honestly were. For good reason, by the way. What you did at Florida was incredible. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment where you were like, it was too big for you, too much? Everything you did was headlines. Still is, by the way. Everything you do and did was headlines. Was there ever a moment where you are like, man, I did not expect this. I did yeah. not know it was coming and things like that? You know, I don't know if it was necessarily too big, but I feel like there was a time, especially probably senior year, where we were 12-0, and 0, undefeated, number one in the country, defending national champs, and it felt like we weren't ranked if we didn't have a game that was as good as one of the last three years, mm-hmm. right? Got if it. you beat like if you beat Tennessee, and I think that year maybe we beat them like 38 to 10, mm-hmm. well, we didn't beat them. We didn't By score 50. 50. Uh, yeah. So it was like, you know, it was like that was – the standard, which is one of the things that's that I, I've been so impressed with Belichick and with Saban and uh-huh. what some of these people do is it's a lot easier to get to the top than it is to stay because that complacency sinks in. And there were times you would be like, hey, listen, it feels like the world's collapsing and we're undefeated, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that was something that was tough trying to speaking of staying at the top i mean you obviously did that heisman winner national champion your speech that you gave was it's a statue it is a statue it was was that from the heart scripted from the heart yeah it was totally from the heart it was incredible it was like a rick flair promo you cut right there it was next level then you go into the nfl right you go to the broncos and there's so many questions surrounding everything is he an nfl quarterback is he not an nfl quarterback you go from being the greatest college football player of all time to instantly scrutinize then you lead obviously a playoff victory was the transition to the nfl mentally harder than you thought it was going to be i think um the transition wasn't with with josh mcdaniels and the the whole team there in denver because i'm someone that when i get in i'm just all in so if the Mm. people in the the building or supportive then it was great when it became a like a, a mixed bag that's when it's harder when you sure weren't yeah. sure who, who was the, with you yes and was, yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. and um that that's when it's you know i'm just kind of one of those guys that if my team feels loyal i'm good to go it doesn't yep. matter what's on the outside but if your team's kind of on the inside and i don't mean the players i just mean everyone yeah, around you everything yeah. yes i think that's when it probably got harder and then when you know it would be just every day of everywhere I would go, whether it's you stop to get gas and there's billboards there of, you know, Tebow, we got a Tebow player, the guy comes out to, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, they're arguing about you again on first take and what's going to happen? <laughs> it's like, you, you, there was, you, you could, there was the only place you could go for kind of reprieve from that was inside their home, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not necessarily a homebody. I love people. I love being around them. But that's the only place of reprieve because even the building, it was inside mm-hmm. or in practice. And, you know, it was just um, an interesting ordeal. Yeah, I would say every yeah. literally 
you're a rock star. Everywhere you go, there is fandom. And then you take this step into baseball once your football career is. Well, whenever you decided to change your throwing motion, was yes. that because people told you to do it or do you want to do it? No, that's because they... Um, Were you forced to do that? It was advice to. Um, if I would go back, I, I wouldn't have done it. Okay, I, yeah, I honestly, grew up with it. I feel like that was the one, the only time Tim Tebow ever showed any of giving in to anybody. Yeah. In yeah. my eyes, from an outsider looking in, yeah. because I, on, I said this numerous times. I, I get to, uh, I got to watch you just about dominate like that, everything, and I enjoyed your everything about you. But whenever that started coming out, like the videos from you throwing was hitting the internet, I was like, I did not expect Tim Tebow to do that. I did not expect well, it to do that. It's also the, one of the hard things about it is if you would be in practice and it would be our own time and you would be by yourself or with a couple of quarterbacks, you'd be working on something. Mm -hmm. You might be doing something, you know, specifically a fundamental that you would know you'd work yes. on your private, but every single one of those would be captured and they would be put out. And like, you're Tim Tebow, like so that's it's what it's going to yeah. go. And you'd be like, wait, that's just me on, by myself on a private field just working. And it's like, you know, and they're like, well, that, you, you, that one went into the dirt. And I was like, wow, I was. I was doing something. Right? I was trying, right? you know? um, Could you imagine if during college the social media era was still there? I don't know how you would have existed. You, you. know what I mean? It just, it, I think there's a lot of good that can come from it, but yeah. it also makes things very difficult. And I think the one thing that I try to encourage people to do is don't be the first person to just, when something, when a special event happens, to just grab your phone, embrace it in the moment. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I feel like so many people, they, they're more worried about capturing it uh -huh. than embracing it and being in the moment. And I think we, sometimes you lose part of what's special when you do that. When you decide you want to go to baseball, mm -hmm. very hard decision. You've conquered football. No, it was, yeah, it's a, it was a tough decision. It was a tough decision because, you know, there's Why didn't offers. you just model? I, I wondered this. <laughs> I wondered why you, uh, I was really wondering because all the scrutiny was coming out on you as a Denver Bronco quarterback. You're getting, everybody's coming after you, whether they're for you or against you. You're a topic of conversation. I've had meetings in ESPN where they actually say they have a list of things that move the needle and it's like LeBron, Tebow, <laughs> they like everything about you. I'm like, this guy's the most handsome dude I've ever seen. He has the perfect, I don't I want to say, I'll say image. I don't want you to think that that means fake. It's like you're the perfect human. I was like, why doesn't he just go model? And But you still had more you wanted to do in your athletic yeah, career. You know, I think there was part of a football that obviously I love, still love, and um, still had different opportunities to do, but it wasn't what I was as passionate about, yep. you know? Um, the whole, you know, wildcat, H-back, tight end, all that. But you, know, you played PP against us with uh, the Jets, and you threw a fake. Yeah, you threw a fake on a fake punt. What happened on it? Did you we get it? Snapped to you. You did a dump off. It was like a forty-five yard gain. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was bullshit, baby. <laughs> hey, we talked about it all <laughs> week. So we were so all week. We talked about it. We're like, yo, Tebow's the PP. Let's assume that he's in there, not to block people. <laughs> uh, we'll be prepared. We'll be prepared. And then I think it was the first punt. It was like a 45-yard gain right out the box. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what's funny about that, though, when I was the up back? Is there were even, everyone we would play, there would be like four guys being like, I got like 15, I got Tebow. I was like, there's not four guys gonna be <laughs> And you, you know they were gonna be like, just all out, that you know, and I would be like, especially when we played Pittsburgh. I was like, running down the field, and there's seven guys trying to block me. <laughs> That's a moment, bro. That's their moment. It's not my moment. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, 
Do you remember playing Pittsburgh and then throwing a slant in an overtime game and then ruining my life? He's a uh, diehard Steelers fan right there. I, I do remember that. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey, a good great, memory. That was a tough memory. Hey, great yeah. ball, though. Thank yeah. you. That was a really good that ball. Was a, uh, that was a fun game. That was a, a really special one. And just that, that whole team, though, mm-hmm. that number one defense in the NFL and James Harrison and yep. Troy Palomalo mm-hmm. and that whole team. That was like a, one of those Troy. games. Was like, I, I grew up watching all those guys, yeah, too, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, this is, that was fun. Troy Palomalo. He stole me from stole a moment from me. My only NFL touchdown was a guarantee. It was a fake field goal where the holder catches it, and I just walk. You know, yeah. like it just parts wide open. There's never anybody in the C gap. They just just pick up. If we're inside the five yard line, you take the snap pat and you just walk right into the end zone, and you're going to score a touchdown on Sunday Night Football. That was the plan. Who are you playing? Steelers. Troy Palomaro ruined it, so I'm happy you <laughs> ruined his day. Yeah. He bounced his ass into so, the C-gap. So gap. Troy made the tackle against you. No, he didn't make the he, – he normally lines up over here, right? Quarterback's Nine, talking. nine of a hundred Quarterback's talking now. He lines up over here 100% of the time his entire career. Okay. For some reason, this one time, he bounces into the exact gap where I'm supposed to go, Tebow. I have to yeah. check out of it. Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dying Did today. you make the call? Yeah, he made the Omaha. All right, that, babe. Hey, hey yeah. okay. <laughs> like that. So you leave football, you go to baseball. <laughs> yes. Let's get to it. Because yeah. you're going to be in the majors. But you know what? The funny thing about that is there, there, the, most of the people that were even on my team or agents were like, um, what? <laughs> you know, like, bro, we just got you a TiVo deal. <laughs> we got you a direct TV deal. That was a TiVo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, TiVo uh, with TiVo was a genius idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but it was like, so we're having this meeting in New York City, and they're going over these different opportunities. And I'm like, but I'm just a guy. I truly believe the bottom of my heart in pursuing my passions yep. what's on your heart I believe that for everyone because they're there for a reason and if you don't well you might make more money or you might be more famous but at the end of the day you're going to look back and you're going to regret it because you didn't go after what's on your heart I don't know if heart. you'd be more famous I mean, and, it's hard um, to get more famous and, and so for me they were going over these different opportunities <laughs> and I was like I, it, it doesn't spark the passion in me and, and I said hey guys what do you um, what do you think about if I, if I pursued baseball <laughs> And, uh, Hold on! Like, Hold on! I would like to hear this. I would like to see. I would like to set myself up in this meeting. You, a bunch of suits in there, trying yes. to figure out how we go ahead and take over the world, how we continue to keep it moving, spread the Tebow message, which is always a great one, by the way. Thank Positivity, you. religious. You're a man of faith. Obviously, everybody knows that you're an incredible speaker. They're like, all right, maybe we do this. Maybe we do this. We get you to another team. Maybe they'll take care of you. Better situation. Yeah, you know what, guys. I was thinking maybe I'd just try to become a professional baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you guys are feeling about it. I am at peak popularity at this point. Uh-huh. Peak popularity coming out of it. You had the Tebow City in Philadelphia and in New England, not by you, but your fans and everybody like that. And then you decide to just pivot and go in a completely different career. When was the time you played baseball before that? Were you a kid? My, my last time I played was my junior year in high school. <laughs> wow. But, but I had I, – when I – First of all, that was a really tough decision, giving up my senior year baseball to go to Florida early for football. But every year at Florida, I would be like, because when I went, um, Urban told me I could do both. Uh-huh. And um, but oh, when yeah. I did he lie to you? no, and, but every year he, I would say, tell us if he word. lied to you. He didn't. No, Urban. But every year I'd go talk to him and I would be like, you know, I think I, I think I might go do this this year. And it was hard, right? So my freshman year we win the championship. And it's like you don't want to go. Risk it the next year, and oh, yeah. those national championships getting away. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just, uh, 
it, that was hard. And so every year I was like it. And then I became friends with some of the Rockies when I was in Denver. And I was like, this Taking is BP awesome. probably? I, I didn't necessarily do it as much with them, but... Dude, I went and took BP a lot of different places. Like everywhere I go speak, like all the universities, they'd be like, "Yeah, hey, would you want? To? Yeah, you're based from being out there. I go hit BP. I just loved it. It was yeah, fun, yeah. you know. And it always had a spark, and that spark never left. And I was like, you know what? If this has been on my heart after, I think at the time it's like 11 years yeah, later, and I haven't played it. There's a reason. And so while I, you know, I knew most of the world or the media mm-hmm. is gonna say well, there's no way, and, you know, you have a chance to fall flat on your face, and even agents, which is their job, but they were like, dude, what, what if you embarrass yourself, or what if you fail? And I said, you know, when you risk, when you go after something, that's a chance that you have to take. That's okay. Whoever said that failing was bad? Well, the word, Whoever, it has a negative I, connotation. But, but it, also mean, it also means that if you learn from most great people, they risk, they failed over and over, and then they, then they were able to succeed. You know what I'm Let's go, yeah, Timmy! You know, and, Let's go! But it's, it's, you know, I mean, a lot of successful people in, in, that are CEOs of companies, they failed at companies yep. until they learned. And, not, and for me, I wanted, when I was 50, and when I'm 50 years old, I want to turn back and say, you know what? I went after my passion. I went after my passion. I went after my passion. And I tried to do it the right way. And I don't have to look back with regrets of saying, you know, I, I did it for money. I did it for popularity. I did it for, you know, I, I played it safe. Like, who cares? Ultimately, who cares, you know? And I wanted to be someone that, you know, and also when I speak to young people, I can say go after your heart because I went after mine. And yeah, I wasn't mm-hmm. scared of, of what the world, because the world wants to define us. They want to say, you you can only do it this way. Hey, and my go. thing is, why? I'm going to try to do it the best way for me. There's a wall. There's a wall. Everybody's listening right now is about to run through a wall, Tim. Because I do believe that with the negativity hogging publicity, which is mm-hmm. the way the world is right now, negativity hogs the publicity, everybody thinks that successful people have batted a thousand in their life when that is not accurate at all. You run into some hurdles and some stumbles and you're going to learn and grow from it. But then also people, a lot of people want to put the persona out there like also they're perfect. And I want to be the first one to say as I'm not. Like, hey, real I quick, fail hey, real quick I, you're you're close. <laughs> Tim, Tim, you are. You don't have to say it. I'll no. Say it. But we, we fail. We mess up. I mean, that's one reason. You know why I'm so thankful for grace, for the yep. mentality of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a, a mindset that I want to have um, all the time because it's been showed on me. And I want to have that for other people. And, you know, I, I think that's why Instagram filters are so famous right now is because... <laughs> Reality wasn't enough, so we have to put a filter on it to make it seem better. And I want to encourage people, young people, that that's not real. No Instagram's not real. It's not. That isn't. Like uh-huh. people think reality TV shows, that's real. That is no, not it's real. Not. Come that on, is it's a staged. television show. Yeah. Yes. That it's is not telev- everybody's It's life. a television show. Yeah. Yeah. Now you speaking of television show. I would have loved to seen this. Did you film you on a bus in like single A baseball traveling around like Jackie Moon and semi pro? <laughs> I, I I didn't. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some clips of it, but no, I didn't document it. And there was a lot of opportunities to do that, but I just didn't want my teammates to think I yep. was doing yeah. it so that they would. I was I was film being filmed so they would think this yep. isn't real, mm-hmm. and I wanted them to see that I'm on the grind. I was on every bus, you know, driving across motels. the country. Motels. We're staying be, in motels. I don't know if they're motels, but they're not the best. <laughs> you know, and they're definitely not the best. And uh, yeah, definitely worst part of minor league baseball. It's the bus travel. rides. I was yeah. a professional baseball player in the Frontier League for one night, starting right fielder for one night. Yeah, yeah one night. <laughs> Pretty good team too. Never played baseball in my entire life. 
Not once. How did you do in the game? I made contact. Yeah. 333 yeah. on base percentage. 333 on base percentage. Never missed a ball. No strikeouts. None. I like it. Two putouts. Huh? Two putouts. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There it is. <laughs> See, I don't even know these baseball terms. Solid stat line right there. Yeah, it wasn't good. I looked a little chunky in the suit. I didn't know it was all white. It came yeah. in a little tight. I didn't know I that was going to happen. That's fair. Uh, what was the, what did is, you go pants down or pants up? Pants down. I had some Jordans, uh, all white Jordans. Uh, it just went straight white, white, white. It looked good. Uh, Do right. you go pants up? I uh, very rarely I go pants yeah, down, but I, every now and then I feel like you go pants up, you just look a little bit faster, you know. I got no shot of that. <laughs> there's no more. There's no. How has base? Have you found any challenges that you didn't expect? Like, whenever whenever I was going to do my game, uh, professionally baseball, <laughs> I was told by a lot of people like, when you see that pitch, it's going to be insane. Like whether you can either see it or you can't. <laughs> hey, and then we start seeing videos of you hitting balls out in tiny towns across the country out of their park. It's like, did you know you were going to be a monster hitting? Did you no, know dude, that I, you were going to be able to do it? I, I mean, I felt like there were certain things I could bring, but then there were also parts that, I, that you know, gosh, that freaking right-handed changeup got me for about three months <laughs> in a row. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, just, oh, over the top, you know, over the top. And uh, it's hard, and you got to adjust, and... You know, my first year, I remember a few months in, I'm batting 150, and I, you know, it was like 13, you know, at bats in a row where I was an offer. And, you know, that's where you have to be, you know, that mental toughness. You could say, oh, I'm kind of into it, but no, I'm all the way into this. Yeah. So awesome. You're battling through it, right? You're battling through the highs and the lows. So there was times to and, quit. There was times to quit. Oh my gosh, yeah. There's times other people would look at me like, "Yep, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna quit." Yeah. It's Not about doing time, too good, are you? Hey, we you got know, TiVo and, still back there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just that—that's not how I'm wired in my mentality. So you you battle through that, but you go through those in, in every, every sport, mm-hmm. in everything that you do, you know. And even the best players in the game go through mm-hmm. slumps, and it's how you handle those moments. Nice. What's next plan for you? You're gonna be in the majors. <laughs> I am a big time baseball guy, as you just found out. Uh, yeah, big time baseball guy. You get into the majors, though. Is that uh, that was obviously the goal all along? Would there be any moments that are too big for Tebow? Like, is there any moment like you get in the majors, your first at bat? Let's imagine that it's in New York. They announce that it's your first at bat for the Mets. That place is gonna, it's gonna be <laughs> big. It's yeah. gonna be yeah. what? Yeah. In forever, it'll be the first sellout for them in so long. You're walking up to that plate. You're standing outside the batter's box. I don't know if you tighten your gloves. What's going through your head there? Is there like a moment where you're going to be I, like, I, I oh, think, man. Uh, to be honest, I think, it, you know, if uh, if that moment does happen, I think there would be, um, for me, um, I'm, I'm very much a tunnel focus guy. Okay. So it's always on it. But I think in that moment, there will be a, a – um, a, a moment of reflect and yeah. and gratitude and like I was this has been a, this has been a, a journey but and that's not the end of the destination yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no, just no, that, no. One, that yeah. at bat to do that but it's a it's a journey to say and it's been pretty special even in the sucky parts even yeah. in the hard parts is you can also learn to appreciate mm-hmm. that which is it sounds hard and the listeners are like what you appreciate those moments yeah because they make the good moments that much better the sun is brightest after its darkest what, dawn. What's the walk-up song for that moment? <laughs> you can put that in your repertoire. You can put that in your repertoire. Got it. I got it for what's you. What's the walk-up song for um, that moment? Oh, there we go. That moment? Do you have one in minor league? Yeah. We had what a, is it? The last one I had was a song called God of Angel Armies by Chris Tomlin. Is it upbeat? Go. Is it rock? It's is it country? What it's is like, it? um, It's like praise and worship. It's, mm-hmm. I like it, though. 
Um, I know who goes before me. I know who stands beside. The God of Angel Armies is always like on my it. side. Let's go. That's some good. I also feel like that pitcher is like, oh, shoot. You know? <laughs> like, hopefully, hopefully he's like, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, you're not trying to, you know, it's, it's always a mind game with the pitcher, yeah. you know? Do you point the bat? No. No. It's too humble for that. I did. You're like, put it, point <laughs> it up there. Right then it, right then it the got through me a curveball and I almost fell. <laughs> I almost fell. Yeah, over. I've done that a few times too. Well, and then the pitchers look at me. Yeah, laughing. Yeah, I, I got these angels, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, we're very lucky that you stopped through here, Thank man. You. Good I luck. appreciate it. It, it has really been fun, man. awesome Thank following you. really your career, fun man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You deserve yeah, everything that's mean, coming. I think Majors is coming. I can't wait to see it. And so thankful for you. And you look incredible, obviously. You should. The model thing, just put it on the back. Just think about it later in life. I have those same jeans. I don't look the same. They look nothing like that. I got to tell you, you guys are really fun. Really fun to talk to. So I appreciate it. I'll tell you this. I mean, I've gone through quite a few interviews. Not all of them are fun. Yeah. You guys are really fun. What is a question you get all the time? What is the standard Tim Tebow question? Which one do you... Which one do you like more, football or baseball? Oh, come on. I get that I probably the that. most. I'm happy I didn't ask. Because yeah. yeah. I played both sports professionally as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Tim Zero. <laughs> Again, T-Bone might not be everybody's cup of tea, but he's just such a nice guy and such a genuine guy that it's, it's really hard not to like him. I'm looking forward to those games next week. Hopefully he goes yard a couple times. That would be, that'd be pretty sweet to see in person. So, shout out Tim Tebow. Good guy. Good guy. Great guy. I'd actually like to talk to him and see if he's picked up any chawn habits since he's been, you know, on, on the road to the bigs. Because I got a product that I think he actually might enjoy, and I'm talking about Black Buffalo. With Black Buffalo, you can keep the ritual, ditch the tobacco, and charge ahead. Okay? They make authentic tobacco-free long cut and pouches with food-safe ingredients and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. So it's everything dippers and chars love and nothing they don't. Damn near everyone in this office does it. You, you can't walk anywhere in here without seeing Todd or Nick or me, Gorms. Everyone's chawing black buffalo in here. As a matter of fact, I actually have one in right now. You hear that? That's black buffalo. If you haven't tried it, head over to blackbuffalo.com and use promo code JULY for 25% off your first order. That's B-L-A-C-K-B-U-F-F-A-L-O dot com, promo code July. And if you're feeling up to it, follow at Black Buffalo Inc. on all their social media because they use it exclusively for exciting updates and announcements. Black Buffalo really is uh, its good stuff. They've got all of us exclusively chawing on Black Buffalo, so if you haven't tried it, it, it really is good stuff. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an... Addictive chemical. All right, moving along. The next guy we got coming up here was on the show fairly recently, but it was it was a very good interview, so I'm going to run it again. And he's another one of these guys who just very misconstrued. Everyone's got an opinion of him. Uh, the stuff that gets put out there in the media about him doesn't exactly do him any favors, but that's obviously outside of his control. But we got to sit down with him, and he is just you know a really down-to-earth dude, uh, the kind of guy who you'd love to smash a couple brewskis with. He's definitely a guy you want on your side, and he's hilarious. So, ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Watt. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who is a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's nothing to sneeze at at all. 
He was a five-time All-Pro, a Walter Payton Man of the Year, two-time NFL Sacks leader, and a hell of a philanthropist. Now he's an executive producer of a TV show, a host of a TV show. He's taking over the world while saving it. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin James, J.J. Watt. You are too kind. Thank you. Hey, no problem, man. Oh, that's true, though. That's an insane resume to think about. I was watching your Wisconsin commencement speech, which you did incredible, by the way. I assume Thank you're. You. I tried to. Uh, I was trying to just keep pace with you after what you did at the NFL draft. <laughs> well, I think you were much more motivating than I was, which is a <laughs> smart move. Were you nervous as hell for that? Uh, you know, I honestly wasn't. I was excited about it and. I would have been nervous if I had to write it down and I would have been nervous if they made me read it off a prompter like initially they talked about. Um, but once they gave me the okay to just kind of talk and do it off the top of my head, then I wasn't as nervous because I knew what I wanted to say, you know? You freestyled that? You look so calm and collected. I had no idea that was just off the top of the head. That's incredible. See, if you talk slow enough and you give yourself enough pauses, you can come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's my entire. I was just winging it, and I just wanted to make him laugh. I mean, the, it's I'm from Wisconsin, so like it's the easiest thing. It, it felt like I was at home. It felt like I was talking to a bunch of my family members. And I mean, you talk about spotted cow, you talk about cheese curds, and you're automatically going to be off to a hot start. You know? Are you happy you went before Robert Smith? Because now I think if you're a yeah. rich person, you're expected to pay off college debt. <laughs> I mean, I came in and I was thinking, like, I was like, all right. I'm not trying to blow the world away here. I'm not going to be on like any list of the top 10, but maybe for 2019, if I could make like the top five speeches of 2019. And then Robert Smith comes along and just wipes the whole map out. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there, there, there goes that. My, my 2019 commencement speech is getting zero YouTube hits from here out. Uh, really bad timing, too. He didn't even let you really sit on it for a week. It was like three days later. What a baller move. Are you kidding me, though? I mean... You, can you imagine just being able to know that you're going to step up there? Like whatever you're going to say before that, you could literally say nothing important for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to pay for student loans. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. You said in that speech, I think the thing that I took away most from it is when you said that both positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement can be a motivator for you. And you thought back to the night you were drafted, partying with your friends, your high school coaches, your family, everybody was so proud of you. And that night before you went to bed, you decided to check the Twitter. And the first thing you saw was a Houston Texan diehard fan at the Houston Texan draft party, booing obnoxiously directly into the camera out of anger of drafting this white kid from Wisconsin. Yeah. I took away from that, that you are a massive chip on the shoulder guy. If you say I can't do something, I'm going to do it. Am I right there? Absolutely. Yes. And what you've done since then is go on to become the most dominant football player on the field whenever you're on it. That has to feel good. And how often, whenever you're working out, because I hear you overwork out, by the way. I hear you work out too much. What are What does J.J. Watts say to himself while working out? Like, fuck that guy on draft night. Oh, there's a lot of people who think I'm nothing. Like, what is the self-motivation to J.J. Watts to continue getting better? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that where you find it from different sources. So obviously, immediately after that, I had that in my head. I wanted to prove those people wrong. I wanted to earn their respect. And then throughout your career, you find different things, whether it's somebody saying somebody else is better than you, or it's uh, somebody has more sacks than you, or it's it, there's always something to chase. But I think that over my career, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned is that 
I mean, I used to read Twitter all the time. I used to read all the stories. I used to read all the articles and I let it mess with me early on because you get mad about it. I'm getting mad about somebody at ESPN who writes an article and says that I'm number two instead of number one. Or I'm getting mad because this person didn't vote for me for defensive player of the year. And I'm like, finally, I learned. I realized I was like, why do I care? Why do I care what this person has to say? And I think the injuries really helped me with that. Because when I was injured for two years in a row, you realize how quickly people forget about you. So why am I putting so much stock into what these people say when five years after my career, they're not going to care about me? So I, I learned to put my stock into my family, my friends, and my teammates. And really, that was the most important thing to me now. That's incredible to think of. That moment of freedom that you let yourself had had to be an impressive one. You're reading all these things from people that don't matter, saying things about you. And then that moment of just being like, fuck them. That had to be a great, That honestly, that had to be an incredibly freeing feeling. It was huge. I mean, it was because I remember early in my injuries, uh, you know, after my first injury where I'm out for the season, you get people saying he's done. He's never going to come back. He's never going to play again. Even if he does, he's not going to be the same. That helped drove me down and I was like Jesus this am I can I and one of the biggest things that helped me was my girlfriend I mean she literally helped build my confidence back up saying screw all that don't listen to them just go by day by day and so when I'd have a tough day and a down day before I had somebody around every day to help pick me up it was just me my thoughts and then social media and so that was another really helpful thing to have her in the house every day to kind of be a balancing factor where I'm reading social media, how bad I am or how bad I'm going to be. And then she's just like, no, you're not. You're going to be good. And I was like, oh, all right, maybe I will be. <laughs> did you, did you, cause you were very private with your private life. Uh, and I don't know if it was a real thing or not, but people are saying you go to bed at like 9 PM, you do this, you don't go out. And then your personal life was kind of non-existent. And then I remember there was an awkward moment on a red carpet. We don't have to get into where you kind of got put in a bad spot, but then you started dating this professional soccer player named Q <laughs> named uh, who Kaylea. And it seems as if it's almost like you found a missing piece the way you act on social media. This is just me from an outsider standpoint. It seems like you found like a real uh, yin to your yen. And it, it seems like it's a really beautiful operation right now. I appreciate it. She's great. You know, I mean, I, you're going through earlier in your career and you have, like I said, social media, you go to these events, you do all these things in the world wants to know so much about your personal life, but you're trying to figure it out yourself. So you don't want to you don't want to be out there posting and doing all these different things when you don't know exactly the direction you're going. So once I found Kay and we, I obviously knew that she was special, uh, then you feel comfortable with it. And then you don't feel like you have to be trying to live up to everybody's expectations or what they want. You're just, you're comfortable and happy with your life and you share it when you want to share it. You don't, when you don't want to. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing. When I come home at the end of the day, if I can make her happy and she makes me happy, I mean, who cares what the world thinks, you know? I respect that so much. And if you make your dog's tail wag, I mean, that's all yeah. we're really looking to do. That's why I'm sitting in my driveway right now, because as soon as I open that garage door, my dogs are going to go bananas. You want to talk about a way to not have kids for a long time? Get Just get a couple dogs. Oh, amen. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm on your team there. Uh, let's go back to the chip on the shoulder. Is that why you left Central Michigan and went to Wisconsin? Because you thought you were destined for something bigger than uh, Central Michigan? Or is it strictly because you wanted to go back home to Wisconsin? No, I wanted more. Uh, I mean, I was at Central Michigan. I started at tight end there. 
uh, but they ran the spread and they had, uh, I, I mean, I think I played like 15 plays a game, maybe 20. And there was writing on the wall that they wanted to move me to offensive tackle. Um, so I said, if I'm going to do all this, I'm going to put in all this work. I mean, you know how hard it is off season workouts in college and all those workouts you do in classes. I said, if I'm going to put in all this work, I'm going to take the biggest shot I can take. I'm going to do it all. And I'm either going to go big or I'm going to fail. And thankfully for my parents, I mean, I told them when I was leaving high school, don't worry, I got college paid for. And we're a middle-class family. I mean, so it's not like we were rich and they had money in case I, no, they started planning for my brother's colleges because they thought mine was paid for. So for them to be able to tell me, okay, we can pay for one year at Wisconsin and allow me to gamble on myself. Uh, that was one of the biggest things in the, also a motivating factor for me. I wasn't only gambling on myself, but I was also proving to my parents that their investment was worth it. Oh my God. That's awesome. Butch Jones. He was at West Virginia before he got up there to Central Michigan. What a wild fucking animal that guy is. Wild. You don't have to say anything. I will. Wild, <laughs> wild, wild, wild animal. You get drafted to Houston, a guy booze, and then you just go on to be an absolute game wrecker on all four downs. Why did you choose to play special teams and fuck up everybody's life for a long time? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. I mean, you're the most, you're, you're one of the most fun players I've ever played against. Oh, that means, uh, I'm, hold on. We're going to clip that for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, first of all, I mean, if we really want to get deep into things, I'm, I'm still upset that you didn't get the Monday Night Football gig. I mean, oh, we're going to clip that too. Thank you, JJ. Just keep them coming. I, I just, just to see the pure brilliance that you would come up with on a weekly basis and to see, uh, I mean, it would have been the most, the most clip worthy program of all time so oh, man. i'm on your side in that one hey you got a big brain i can already tell i respect that a lot <laughs> i like that a lot as big as your biceps. <laughs> <laughs> for those that aren't watching on youtube i went and literally got a huge pump in right beforehand because i wanted jj to be impressed with my sleeveless hoodie i got is this on. a one day sleeveless shirt thing or is this a daily it's a it's my life really i get kicked out of a lot of places because of it Love it, man. A little sleeveless shirt and jorts. Nothing beats it. What's oh, funny you say that? I mean, that's that's literally my. <laughs> uh, Those fuckers are riding high too, brother. Well, you, when you got quads, you know you got to let the world eat. Let the world know you got them. How often do you punt now? Sorry, I, I, I just turned the interview on you. How often do you still punt? No, I'm punting everyone. I'm leaving the options on the table. You know, when I didn't get that Monday Night Football gig, I didn't wasn't certain if I was going to get a big enough media job to keep going because I need a big goal, right? So I need like, uh, hey, I got this big thing happening. Now, granted, these podcasts massive. We run a business. Our business is good. But I need something large like in the background that at night when I lay down, like, okay, I also got to do this. I got to focus on this. And when I didn't get the Monday Night Football gig, I was like, you know, there's a lot of money being tossed around to people that kick balls. And there's a lot of shitty ball kickers out there right now so i went out on a high school field a few times i'm still kicking like once a week twice a week i feel good good man that's awesome that's one thing i've learned is that like you look at investment opportunities you look at business opportunities you look at movies tv everything we make a lot of money to chase a ball around it's pretty damn cool yeah it's really you make i mean I mean, you're, you're FaceTiming us from your house right now. There is a Area 51 gate right behind your fucking... <laughs> <laughs> there is. But speaking of a lot of money, whenever the city of Houston needed somebody to really step up big time, you did that. And I was just reading through some stats that you tweeted out. After the hurricane and after the flood and everything that happened to Houston, it was terrible. It was a national... I mean, it was an emergency down there. J.J. Watt, as you heard, started a GoFundMe, basically, that took off. $41.6 million was the final total. He's currently, since then, it's been one year, basically. 
600 homes have either been rebuilt or are being rebuilding right now. 420 child care centers in the city of Houston, 16,000 children being served, 26 million meals have been served, and 6,500 mental and physical health exams have happened just because of a GoFundMe that this meathead from Wisconsin started and saved a city. Did you feel as if, like, hey, I don't really know, nobody knows how to act in that situation, but I assume you just said, let's just take one small step here, raise what we can raise, I'll donate a million, I'll match, and then once it gets going, is there a moment where you're like, oh shit, like we really have a real cool opportunity here. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the initial goal was 200 grand and I, I knew what I was going to do with that. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy food. I'm going to buy water. I'm going to buy toilet paper, diapers. I'm going to buy the stuff that people need. And I'm going to go distribute it in communities. And then as you saw, I mean, it, it literally took on a life of its own. I mean, the very first night that it happened, it started to get up to 500 grand. The website kept crashing. We literally had a private detective get the phone number of the creator of youcaring.com, called him at his home house and had to get him out of his bed. And he went and figured out how to get the website back up and running. And then, <laughs> it was insane. I mean, this guy literally had no clue what was going on because I Good morning. Yeah. And then it just, Hey guy, we're raising a couple million here and we need you to pop out of bed and figure it out. <laughs> and then it just blew up and obviously celebrities and people from all over the country and all over the world. And then you have to figure out the logistics of, okay, we're accepting donations from all 50 States and different countries. Now my 501 C three has to file paperwork to allow for that. And just the logistics of it all was insane. And Oh, by the way, it's also the end of training camp and we have to figure it out because the season starts in like 10 days. So, I mean, it was, it was insane. I have an unbelievable group of people who helped me out and a ton of great organizations who we've distributed the money to and have, have helped us. So I've had a ton of great people help me out and I never, ever want to take credit for it as a one man operation because it was so many great people. The city of Houston, whenever we would play down there, your picture was on every other page of the program. I mean, it was your picture was up on the jumbotron. Every single they played that turn down for what thing, and the entire place went nut for you. You literally, from that guy booing to a couple years of dominance later, became the face of Houston, basically. And then whenever you did all that, are you going to get into politics? Are you going to be the fucking governor of Texas, or are you going to run for president one day? What are we going to do? I gotta, I gotta get some more socks first. I gotta, <laughs> play. I've tried to think about what I'm gonna do after my career, man. But every time I try and think about it, it's just there's too many. Like you, you could go movies, you could go TV, you could go politics, you could go anywhere you want, and there's just too much to think about. And I, I have, I truly feel like I have a lot more football left in me, and I'm excited about that. So I'm focused on that at the moment. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it, and. It's it's a hard game to give up, man. I just I love the daily work of like you said, trying to get better at something and still trying to prove that even now after two years of injuries, I still have a lot of you got 16 sacks last year. Nobody's talking about you at all. I, I, like whenever I was going through the stats of last year and I read that you had 16 stats last or sacks last year, I was like, damn, I didn't know. I had no idea. Nobody's even talking about the JJ Watt. Nobody's even talking about the Houston Texans making the playoffs and with a quarterback that seems to be legit for the first time. Nobody's really talking about the Houston Texans. That's got to feel pretty good going into training camp that you guys are kind of a, a underrated weapon right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the thing that people immediately talk to me about in my interviews are either off the field things, obviously, or the two years of injuries. And 
I've been trying to kind of put the two years of injuries behind me because, like you said, last year I was fortunate enough to get back to playing good football. And so I think it, I think it's going to take at least one more year of playing at that level before people forget about what happened with the injuries and stuff and remember what I can do on the field. And then we do have a good team. We have a very good team. We have a lot of good guys. We have good chemistry. Um, obviously, we ran into a good Colts team in the in the playoffs. But I think that it's it's a matter of making it doing it on the field rather than talking about what we're going to be able to do or where we want to go. And, you know, the city of Houston hasn't really had anything since, I mean, when I first got here, we won our first playoff game ever. We went to the playoffs for the first time ever and we won our first playoff game. So we're trying to take that next step and be able to do big things. And it's just, you can't do it by talking. You have to work and do it. I say all the time that my favorite place to play was down there in Houston at the um, whatever you guys call it now, stadium. It was a that place. Yeah, uh, you dribbled an onside kick ten yards and recovered it yourself. <laughs> hey, pretty awesome, huh? When you watch it, it was pretty cool. God, that, nothing pissed me off more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting there on the bench. I'm like, all right, we got a kickoff coming here. I got plenty of time. Just sipping Gatorade, watching the big screen. <laughs> Not even really paying that much attention. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, what the hell was that? <laughs> and then fucking number one, just walking out of the pile with the ball. Hey, man. They showed the replay in there, I hope. And I hope you saw it. And you were like, yeah, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen that in an NFL game. I don't think that's a pretty crazy thing. I was so mad because I was like, there's no way we actually just allowed that to happen. <laughs> and I was like, we had to have a guy in the middle, right? I mean, did he at least knock somebody over to get the ball? And I'm looking, I'm like, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> just waltzed out there. I mean, it wasn't even like you were running that hard. I know. Just waltzed out there and just grabbed the ball. Uh, well, yeah, I mean. And then uh, we, it was a wild game. I mean, I don't know. If that was that was the loudest I've ever heard our stadium, that game. It was awesome. It was piercing. It was, like, actually piercing. And anytime I get asked, like, your favorite place to play, I did get to play at Seattle, but everybody's like, your favorite place to play? I always say Houston, man. It was always, like, a primetime game. It always felt like it was, like, a Super Bowl, like a playoff game, and the crowd was into it. They were loud, and they were into it. That doesn't happen everywhere. I'll be excited yeah. to watch if you guys can continue to win what that place is going to do. It's going to be incredible. I agree, man. You know, when you start winning, the place gets nuts. They love football down here. I mean, we have the Rockets who are doing great. We have the Astros who have obviously been unbelievable. Um, we have the soccer teams. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Texas is a football state. And so when, we get, when you string some wins together, it's it's a blast, man. Hey, is this ultimate tag show going to suck or, or what? Is it pretty good? I mean, okay, for those that don't know, uh, a J.J. Watt production has happened with his brothers, Derek and TJ, who are also in the NFL. Congrats to the Watt family, by the way, by the way, hitting the fucking hitting a triple for NFL kids. That's pretty incredible. Uh, but you got into this, into this uh, game show type world. You executive produced the game, the show you hosted the show. It's coming in early 2020. It seems like an incredible concept. Were you uh, amazed by how hard it was? Did you enjoy the process? Is it going to be good? All that stuff. So, my brothers and I host the show, and whenever you put all three of us into a room, it's a bit of a cluster as it is. Uh, I've obviously done a little TV. Both of my brothers really haven't done anything. So when I came on board, I said, I want my brothers to host with me. And you could tell Fox was a little bit like, they've never hosted before. We don't know what they can do. And I said, you know, just trust me. We'll figure it out. And we got to the first day of rehearsal before we started filming, and every Fox executive was kind of looking around like, Oh, we're fucked. 
I mean, we had one that was like nervous and stuttering on his lines. We had another one who couldn't read the teleprompter. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then literally the lights came on on the when it was time for it to really happen. And the show started and it was like brand new people. I think it's just that athlete in you where yeah. you don't really like the rehearsal. You don't do it. But once the show starts and once the lights come on, they were awesome. And it was so much fun to watch them grow and get better and for all of us to interact and mess around. And then the show itself is way better than I thought it was going to be. So I was really excited about it because tag is a game we've all played and we take yep. it to these crazy levels. We have one that's a steel cage 30 feet up in the air. You don't have any harnesses or anything. So if you fall, you fall right onto a mat 30 feet down. We have another one that you're like jumping off of trampolines and stuff. So I was excited about it. But then when I saw it in person, I saw how unbelievable these athletes are and i mean it's physical people are smashing their faces into stuff people are getting injuries there's it's like a sport it's not really a game show and so it was a ton of fun we have uh i think it's 12 professional taggers so there's like a little of that american gladiators feel to it where you're going to see the same taggers every week and there's some of the best athletes i've ever seen i mean i'm in the nfl and i see obviously a lot of athletes all the time there's a couple athletes on ultimate tag that are the best athletes i've ever seen so what do you gotta do? You just gotta stay away for like two minutes and you win. Stay away from the professional taggers. So there are four different rounds, and so it starts out with three men and three women, obviously different categories, and then after two games, there are an elimination. So then there's two left, and so basically each game is different. So the first game is literally just stay alive as long as you can. If you stay alive longer than the other people, you get extra points. And then the second game is kind of like. Uh, kind of like a capture the flag where the more flags you capture, the more points you get. And then you get eliminated if you didn't have the same, uh, the most points. And then you go to the next one and it could be the dome way up high or it's a, or it could be this one down on the ground. And then you get to the finale and however many points you had, you get uh, a head start on your competitor. And it's cool, man. It's, I, we wanted to try it and then we saw it and we were like, there's no way. <laughs> how competitive we are. It's way too dangerous and we would get caught so easily. I hope it does incredible. And I feel like with everything else that you do, I don't know your brothers as well, but with everything else that you do, you seem to literally hit home runs and it's uh you're an incredible specimen, brother. You're like a superhero of a human. It's a really impressive thing and a cool thing to think about you just being this working class guy from Wisconsin out there changing the world and helping the world out along the way. It's cool shit. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I have to say one thing for you, yeah. obviously all the incredible we things like that, that you've done. When I, I got a text message yesterday from a buddy of mine who lives in Ireland. He lives in Dublin. And he texted me and he said, hey, I heard you're going to be on the Pat McAfee show this week. And I said, yeah, how'd you know? He goes, dude, I listen to it all the time. Be sure to tell him he's got a massive following in Ireland. Slancho, boys. Slancho. Doing an on-site over in Dublin Temple Bar, you know? Hey, not a bad idea. I, I think we should definitely do that. Maybe you get into the agent game, too. Start booking me places. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> we'll get you on Ultimate Tag next week. We'll be our announcers. Night football. You come over, you'd be our announcer. I'm not athletic enough, but I'd love to. Uh, all right, JJ. Uh I just want to say thank you so much for doing this, man. You're a massive star, so you coming on this little podcast, I really appreciate. Hey, I appreciate it. You make people laugh. People love watching you. You have a lot of positivity. I love all the uh, social media and everything that you do, man. You've been a ton, a fun competitor for me to go against over the years, and you've been a fun follower for me on social media and all the work that you do. So keep spreading laughs, keep spreading cheer, and uh, we need more of that in the world, brother. Hey. 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 Yes. That made me feel good. <laughs> made me feel really good. You don't need me to make you feel good when you got biceps like that. Yay. 
I was looking at your Instagram. You got quads on your arms, bro. I saw you <laughs> flexing. Yeah, Leckler coming on soon. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have him. So there's like a, a point in time. We're going to have goat week where I'm going to have Leckler, Vinatieri. I think I'm going to try to get Janikowski. It's going to be called goat week, and I'm excited for it. Leckler, I think, is coming to Indy for it. I think I got him to uh, talk to him into it when he's on some beer. Yes. So when you have that, I want to like send in a video question or something because I want to pepper that old man with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's the greatest, man. He is literally the greatest human and punter of all time. I love that, man. He is the best, man. He is a walking, drinking, fishing machine. And he can punt the shit out of a foot. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, soon to be four-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Probably another Walter Payton Man of the Year award on the way as well. Definitely a six-time All-Pro after next year. Uh, Mr. Justin James. Turn down for what? Justin. Nope. JJ Watt. Thank you, brother. Hey, good luck with all. Good luck with ultimate tag, dude. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. y'all. Have a wonderful day. Send me the info when you um when you guys are going live. I will do that. All right. Good luck, dude. Have a good one, man. Thanks. He's just a good guy. I envision that he's probably having a hell of a time today on the Fourth of July. Big time America guy. If you don't like JJ Watt, I'd highly recommend you uh, you reassess that. Okay, this next little piece I wanted to add. Everyone's heard it by now, but it was probably one of my favorite parts of 2019 so far. Pat went insanely viral with it, obviously. We knew he was going to, and uh, there's a little bit of behind the scenes in terms of what went into writing his speech and what he left out, what he wanted to say, what he didn't get to say, all that kind of stuff. So here's the clip of Pat announcing Bobby Okariki at this year's draft in Nashville. A little inside information. I planned on zero shots at the Tennessee Titans. Zero we shots. Know that. Hey, we they can, booed. We can, hey, we can they verify booed. that. Yeah. Yes. Be- because we have a, a pretty big following down in Nashville and a lot of Titans fans. And the Tennessee Titans are very for the brand. I mean, they Love were one Nashville. of the first teams to put up yeah. for the brand. I planned on zero shots at the Tennessee Titans fans. But once Reggie basically goes viral for doing mm-hmm. it, I mean, I. I I'm left no other option. <laughs> you, you had to take his back almost. Exactly. You know what I mean? also because, did it in a way yeah. that you took a shot at yourself yeah. as well. Well, yeah, for perfect. Sure. And by the way, I, I feel uh, there was um, a lot of positive response to uh, my thing, which decent amount. I'm very thankful for everybody. I I don't want to say we knew it was going to happen, but I think we all pretty much knew it was going to happen up there. You give anybody that has just a little bit of a gift of gab in that situation with 200,000 people live and millions of people watching. In that setting, there's going to be a chance for something magical to happen. Please welcome from uh, West McAfee. Virginia University, oh, 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 2014 out. Colts Man of the Year and two-time Pro Bowler. We have a seven-second delay. He's Man of America, not Man of the Year. He's Man Hello, of America. Hello, Nashville. I'm not going to say a single word about the Tennessee Titans record against Uh-oh. the Indianapolis oh, Colts boy. because I was a punter, and there's no reason for me to talk about that. <laughs> With that being said. We did not punt much against the Tennessee Titans, so you probably have no clue who I am to begin. (laughs) Two years ago, when I retired from the Colts, I retired alongside two greats, Robert Mathis and Joe Wright. A couple months later, I watched the draft. Robert Mathis announced the pick, Joe Wright announced the pick, and then an orangutan announced the fourth round draft pick. I was replaced by a zoo animal. I was not upset about it because the orangutan was terrible at his job. 
With that being said, the Indianapolis Colts are the hottest team, not only in the AFC South, but the entire NFL. A young nucleus surrounding the Stanford nerd, Andrew Luck. Two old pros were drafted last year, 10 this year. And with the 89th pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Irsay, and Chris Ballard select future Hall of Famer, nice. linebacker from Stanford, Bobby Okariki. Okariki. <laughs> Pat McAfee, everybody. I feel like I didn't even bury the Titans that much. I, I feel like it was a very, very subtle shot. There were some old white people, though, from Tennessee that did not <laughs> they did not love it. But I had an absolute blast. It was a really fucking cool day. I will say that. Very cool day. Uh, Nick had a great tweet, um, and I wanted to follow up on it. That that was basically a quarter of what you had planned on saying. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when did you decide mm-hmm. to fucking shorten it? And well, sh- or maybe. So the night before, when I was watching Thursday night, mm-hmm. And Goodell was just going up, announcing the pick, and they were moving on. I was very worried. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be saying anywhere near as much as I. So because I wondered myself, I was like, man, I hope Pat just doesn't go up there and do like with the the pick. Hello, Tennessee. You know, and but on the plane. I was told, I forget who I talked to. Somebody told me that Nate Burleson, oh, Adam Lefko. Yeah. Adam Lefko. I talked to Lefko because he took our sticker off of his fucking studio. (laughs) Right. Yep. Which, come on. Questionable. Uh, I talked to him and he said, you're announcing it. You know, Nate Burleson's words from that draft day are actually printed on uh, the Lions practice facility. So like, they actually have him quoted on the line. So I was like, okay, let me see what this is. Because I've never really paid attention to other people doing draft picks. Then I watched his speech and I was like, oh, okay. So I can talk a little bit. So I can talk a little bit. And then I kind of watch as the day went on. And I kind of got a, a feel of how long I could go and how long I couldn't go and what was too much and what wasn't enough. Okay. And yeah. that's when I decided to take out the uh, Johnny Unitas speech yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the Peyton Manning speech yeah, yeah. in the Mayflower trip from Baltimore <laughs> in 86 to Indianapolis and just go straight to the hits, you know, yeah. just go straight mm-hmm. to the heat for the, the modern Indianapolis Colts team. But, yeah, there was, um, there was quite a little – everybody was – Everybody was very positive. I mean, uh, a lot of heels in the WWE quotes we did were like, this mm-hmm. is a fucking yep. perfect heel promo, which I respect a lot. I do wish I could have taken them on a little bit more of a ride because I think the ending would have been uh, beautiful. But I, I just, I enjoyed the fuck out. I mean, when you walk out there and there's 200,000 people there, oh, yeah. the <laughs> amount of energy that you just immediately feel, it's like, okay, here we go. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Anywhere we go now, that's always one of the first things people say to Pat was, hey, you know, your, your draft announcement was hilarious. And it was. He, he won the draft weekend. So had to include that. Before we get into this last conversation here, I want to enlighten everyone about probably my favorite pair of shorts on the market right now. I'm talking about bird dogs, okay? These are gym shorts, with like a, a built-in silky soft inner liner that damn near makes underwear obsolete. We're in the absolute heart of short season right now. You're not going to be caught dead going outside in a pair of pants. And uh, if it's short season, that means it's bird dog season. I actually wore a pair of these down to the Bahamas, had them on in the ocean, and they're just simply delightful. There's really no other way to say it. 
it literally feels like you're not wearing anything. It's almost like you're walking around naked. You don't have to worry about chafing, your balls rubbing against anything. It's it's perfect. You can wear them in the water. I did. They actually do dry faster than a bathing suit. I was worried, you know, we're, we're staying at this nice hotel. I don't want to be the asswipe who's dragging water all the way into our rooms. Boom, my bird dogs dried before we left the beach. If you go to birddogs.com and enter promo code AMERICA, they're going to go ahead and throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yeah, nunchucks, okay? They'll give you an actual weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S.com, promo code AMERICA, and boom, a free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off. I promise you that. All right, and to close out the show, we have a kind of a bittersweet conversation between Pat and Jared Lorenzen from a while back. Jared, unfortunately, passed away yesterday. Our condolences go out to his family and his friends. He couldn't meet a nicer guy. Just very humble, very genuine, very sweet. And and he was a fighter. He was a warrior. He, you know, he, he battled. Um, this conversation with Pat is very enlightening, uplifting, hilarious. And uh, we just wanted to pay respects to him and celebrate his life uh, any way we could. So... Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Lorenzen. Joining me now from Kentucky, where he was born and raised, went to the University of Kentucky. He was once a New York Giant and Indianapolis Colts, a a commissioner of an indoor football league. He's one of my favorite athletes whenever I was a child growing up, just because he, he bucked the trend of everything that was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Lorenzen. What's up? Okay. Thank you, thank you, sir. How are you? I'm great, Jared. How are you, brother? I, you know what? Relaxing. Having a being a dad's a hell of a deal, so I like it. All right, so you got two kids now. I just I asked if your uh, profile picture was you and your wife and your son, but that was yes. your daughter, so I was in an yes. awkward situation. Yes. It's okay. I mean, I, I'm sure you've been in more awkward situations. Well, I called a uh, I called a lady pregnant who I'd been drinking with for three hours, and that was probably the most <laughs> awkward situation of my life. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So, Jared, let's get to it. Yeah. Gr- growing up, were you always like uh, you were the most athletic guy, and you were also the biggest guy in the neighborhood, or what? Uh, I, I don't know about athletic, but I was always the biggest. I was um, yeah, I was thirteen three at birth. So holy shit, you know, is that large? Yeah. What's standard? Um, eight nine. Holy. Fuck. So you're a full fifty percent larger than uh, most humans at birth. Yeah, I was like I was like a six month old, <laughs> basically. So um, yeah, you know I've just always been bigger, and uh, I got really lucky. My um, my coach when I was five or six years old saw me pick up a football before practice one day. You know how kids are just playing, and I threw the ball, and he said, "Can you do that again?" I said, "Yeah, I can do that again." So I threw it again. He said, "You're my quarterback." Okay. And I said, okay, what's what's that do? Because <laughs> I was five. I didn't know. <laughs> um, and next thing you know, I had him for four or five years, and I just didn't know any better. Uh, Covington, Kentucky, I assume, is a pretty big football town. Kentucky, a big uh, football place? Fort, Fort Thomas, yeah. That's where I live now. We're, we're a uh, Highlands High School is a pretty big – we're known for football. Did you ever think about getting into basketball? Kentucky's a full basketball state. I did play basketball. I was uh, – we, I was actually all state three years in a row. So okay, 
decent little basketball player. We had a really, really, really good player um, who could have gone anywhere he wanted. Instead, he chose to play tight end with me. So uh, we, we were we were pretty good. So you go to college, you go to Kentucky. You have this left arm that is an absolute cannon. Absolute cannon. How far could you throw the ball back in the day whenever you used to really get into it? Uh, the furthest one I ever thrown was 82. Wow. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty lucky. <laughs> that is a fucking hose, Jerry. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, it, consistently, my, my backup and I would have uh, every, every day in the summer, we would have a challenge where we'd get on a knee and we had to hit the crossbar. So that was, I mean, that's 60 yards plus, you know, you got to go up 10 feet. From so that the 50, was, you mean? From the 50, you do that? From the 50, we had a knee on the ground and we had to hit the crossbar. When you got to college, um, the first, were you, you were a full scholarship, obviously, out of high school to go to Kentucky? Yes. What year did you start? Did you start as a freshman or did you get redshirted? I redshirted. What was your redshirt freshman year like? <laughs> um, <laughs> I got big. I, I found out a couple things. Okay. I found out that. They say class is optional. You don't have to go. That's not a good thing. Um, I ended up with a, and this is amazing that I even got through school. And you may be proud of this. You may not be. A point six, my first semester. BAC? Uh, no. <laughs> that was, I wish. No, that was my uh, grade point average. <laughs> point six. Yeah, I, I passed one class. Did you get put um, on, like, uh, academic probation, I assume, there? And they I, said yes, went straight on for academic probation. We had something at UK called academic bankruptcy, which means I could retake three classes and it wouldn't count. So I retook the three I failed and got B's on them, so it was like it never happened. Wow, Kentucky's definitely going to get investigated for fucking by the NCAA after you just told that story, for sure. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I'm sure the limitations are out now. I mean, come on. All right, so did you start your redshirt freshman year, or when did you finally get a chance yeah. to play? Yeah, my redshirt freshman year, uh, we had Hal Mummy as our coach, who, uh, if you don't know him, he's basically the father of uh, Mike Leach and you know Neil Brown and all these guys that throw the ball over the place. So I was 19 years old, throwing the ball 56, 57 times a game. That's dream come true, right, for a quarterback, especially oh. one with a cannon. Ne never. I mean, anything ain't better. For me... I was going after Tim Couch, who had just got the number one overall pick. Another guy, Dusty Bonner, just took us to a bowl game. I mean, I was like, this is great. So um, did you have a – what was your mentality whenever you were the redshirt freshman in Kentucky? Were you more Brett Favre or were you calculator? Were you just letting that thing fucking fly? Oh, it's at Favre, 100%. There was not a person I couldn't throw it through. There was not a throw I couldn't make. I mean, I was just Everybody's open. Oh, that hence the 21 picks and the 19 touchdowns. I mean, so, yeah, it was bad. All right, so I don't want to talk about it because I assume that it, you get sick and tired of talking about it. Whenever you started, you became folklore quickly yes. by everybody. It was because you were a large dude, and you yes. could sling it, and you were mobile, too. You were like a... You were, you were nimble, like a, a, like a ninja, whenever it was at your size. It was incredible. Yeah, I was, uh, my first, first ever collegiate play was at Louisville and I had a 33 yard rush, which was my career long. Okay. And then a, uh, my first completion or my first pass was a completion for a touchdown to Dougie Allen. So I'm sitting in the first year going, this ain't too bad. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I was also weighing, we'll say close to 300. 
Holy but yeah, you're right. I mean, I just would run around and do whatever I could. 300 pound is a, is a pretty large college O lineman. Uh, yeah, so that was the that was the big thing. So every time we would play on CBS or ESPN, it was always the fun game of put the quarterback in a '70s jersey and line him up next to the lineman and say, "Hey, who's the quarterback?" So it was like, yeah. Did you get sick of it? You had to have. Um, no, because I really liked being on TV, so I didn't really care. <laughs> I was a, I was a media whore at the times. So I'll take it. Did you enjoy, so were you a superstar on campus? I assume you were. Um, I wouldn't just call it superstar. Everybody just kind of knows who you are. I mean, you're, you're the biggest guy. Uh, they're selling. Well, I'm sorry, they weren't selling my jersey, but they happened to be selling a 22 jersey. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean, I think people knew me, but you know, I wouldn't call it superstar. All right, we're so, still basketball school. So. I agree. I agree. Uh, BBN is a, a very much a basketball situation. How do you are you do you get into college basketball at all? Do you watch? Oh yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Patino? Just everything that's happened to him. It could not have been better. I mean, it could not happen to a better person, better human being. The city, I despise the city. It couldn't happen to a better place. I just absolutely fucking hate Louisville. And every chance I go, I throw the L's down. I just can't stand them. I know. I I started searching through your social media last night, and I just saw (laughs) L's down everywhere you were. Every single time. (laughs) It never fails. All right, so when you were in college, you were given some incredible nicknames. Did you have any that you liked more than the others? Uh, J-Lo was always my favorite because I figured eventually she's going to want to meet me. I mean, <laughs> obviously. I mean, I just figured, yeah, that's the way my mind went. Um, you know, but J-Lo was just one that kind of stuck. The coaches in New York called me that. Uh, the linemen, you know how linemen are. They changed J-Lo to Jell-O. Nice. Because they're dirty linemen and you, nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Hefty Lefty is one that always kind of stuck with me as well. You hate that or love that? Love it. Love Hefty Lefty. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's one yeah, of the I best love... nicknames in sports history, by the way. You it, should love that. Yeah, they, they see, in college, this was before Twitter, before Facebook, and all, even MySpace. So they had the uh, the threads, you know, the, those sports threads or whatever. So they would have websites dedicated to this thing. And I just, I love it. I think it was, you know, the more creative, the better. MySpace was definitely around. Tom was definitely doing some shit. No, Tom was definitely your friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. How about is that where Throwboy Tees comes from? Is the Pillsbury Throwboy? Yeah, that's where that came from. We're just trying to be different, trying to throw something that uh, you know, throw something out there. So you go on to the NFL for the Giants. You have two snaps in the NFL. One was for a third and one for a first down, I believe. And then uh, something else happened. Then you end up as a Colt. Then you end up in this indoor football league. How does this all happen? You just want okay, to get well, back in the First of all, I, I, I'm going to get some respect, I think, from you here. All right. My first ever snap, personal protector. Okay, J-Lo. How about that? Okay, J-Lo on the punt team, looking like okay. Tim Tebow out there. Well, so here, here you are. You're a punter, right? Yeah. I've got Feagles, legend, who is deadly. You know, coffin kit, coffin corner. Mm-hmm. He goes, I want Jared in because they won't rush. I'll be damned. They put me in. I don't rush. He takes forever. Puts it inside the five. It's a, such so, a great strategy too, because they're all scared shitless of the fake. That's exactly right. As soon as I ran out, they put regular defense in, and there wasn't there wasn't anybody even back. That's why you always run an onside kick earlier in the year so that they all bring their people up so they can't get a return on kickoff. That's why you run fake punts early in the year yep. so they, they have to basically hold up. They're not rushing so the punter can take his time. Fake field goal, same thing. 
That's exactly that's exactly why you see them in the preseason. That's incredible. I, yeah. So yeah, and I did a third and one in the playoffs, and then played a little bit versus Green Bay. Um, a couple snaps in there, but nothing major. So then you get cut from there. You come to the Colts. You don't yeah. make the final cut. And then how many years from you leaving the NFL to the end? Because I remember watching this like pop up on the internet that you were all of a sudden in the indoor football league. And I'm like, holy shit, he's back. I'm so excited. Yeah, it was. Um, I played the next year, but nothing major, you know, not, nothing big. What got it was, and I got to give credit where credit is due, uh, Barstool. About five years ago, I played in an indoor football game, which you've seen an indoor game, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So they have nets, uprights, walls, and all that, right? Yep. No. So I played in an indoor football team. That's the Arena I, League. The indoor football league doesn't have that. Oh, no. So th- this came, this was so bad. It didn't <laughs> have walls. Were you the on a gym floor? There was no walls. We were playing on AstroTurf. Cut out into an indoor thing on dirt. So it's the only indoor game I've ever played where I got dirty. There were no uprights because they, the other team didn't have upright money to buy the uprights. So you had to go for two. You couldn't kick. I mean, it was the most absurd game You're ever. You're the most ratchet football league in the history of football leagues. Ever. Ever. Miraculously, that team didn't, or uh, astonishingly enough, that team didn't make it through the league. Oh. Uh, they, they folded two weeks later. Shocking. What'd you say? So <laughs> yeah. you played in this bum-ass league, indoor football yeah. league, and a photo got out of you. Is that in Kentucky, I assume you're playing? Yeah, it was uh, It was actually right down the street from Lexington. So I um, Barstool tweeted out a video of it, and literally I got to my phone, and I was like, oh, my God. I'd like, never trended. You know, so it was like it was it was insanity. I've never trended. What a hilarious sentence out of you. I know. Exactly. I feel like you have trended numerous times and you just didn't know about it. Well, I the one I do, I hate God, because it just feeds to Dave's ego. It's because they'll tweet something out. So, so like Dave tweeted out Dave uh, we did a competition with Big Cat. Dave Portnoy is the president of Barstool who he's referring to. Go ahead. Yes. What you doing? Um, he took me to Indianapolis for the final four and um, big cat and I had a competition and they did one of uh, me doing a belly flop. And then that, well, first of all, it's not a pretty site, but it's second a of all, fucking yeah. majestic site from what it sounds it, like. I mean, I just pictured it in my head. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It really was. Are you a drinker? Uh, I, I, I like to have some cocktails. You throw beers back. What's your favorite drink? I'm actually, I'm a captain or a vodka guy. Really? Yeah, I'm not much in the beers, but I will absolutely drink you with Captain. No problem. You just you were about to say drink me under the table, I think, is what you were just saying. I thinking. think so. But then I, as soon as I said it, a picture of me went from you chugging that beer <laughs> and how fast you're doing. I'm like, maybe not under the table. But <laughs> I will I will go I will go for it. I'll tell you what, I've I have a uh, an interestingly talented liver that can make me go for a long... I drank with the O-lineman numerous times in my life, and that's a body comparison. I, I've, I would enjoy a night of drinking with you very much so. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we would do a lot of... God, this is how long ago. We would do a lot of SoCo and Lime. Oh, my... I can't. I can't. Oh. I went through my SoCo and Lime run, Jared. I can't do that. There's like... I had a tequila run there. It ended up in jail. I can't do tequila anymore. I had a SoCo and Lime run. It ended up with me puking on like a Halloween night while I was dressed as Lieutenant Dangle. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, there's just... I run through... I do runs with things. I, I can't... I can't even smell anymore. We would... So, you know how off days are Tuesdays, yep. right? So... 
in New York, we would go down to a Pittsburgh Steeler bar when they were playing like on Monday night and get everybody riled up by doing the Eagle chant. And whenever we would do it, people would just buy us shots because they thought we were crazy. So we just would do so many SoCo lines. So hold on, they, hold on. You're a New York Giant. Yeah. Doing the E. A-G-L-E-S-E-Bos. Eagles, Eagles yeah. chant in a Pittsburgh Steeler bar? Yeah, and, well, we were in town for the Big and Tall Convention. And I swear to God, people <laughs> fell for that crap. People are absolute idiots. <laughs> Who are you guys? You guys are crazy, man. Who are you guys? Oh, we're in town for the Big and Tall Convention. That was big and Tall Convention. It's over there in New York City. We just came over here for the night. Ah, that's fucking hysterical. Yeah. Anything you regret in your life? Ever? Uh, No. Not one thing. No, not one thing. That wouldn't have got me where I am now. So no, I, I try not to anymore. Best thing you've ever done in your life, other than have your kids. I understand that that's the answer uh, for your parents. I mean, the, the the Super Bowl, being a part of that. Fucking I mean that, that awesome. The 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 euphoria of being at the top of your profession, even if I was the backup, just to know to to go through that process was. Was one of the best things ever. Nobody understands though that the entire team, including equipment managers, athletic trainers, uh, assistant coaches, GAs, everybody, it takes everybody to win in the NFL. So when you get to the Super Bowl, it's a fucking big time team feel good thing. It really, it really is, and they do a good job. Coughlin, for what for all the crap he gets, he was amazing that year. That was the How year. Did, he he feel, did you ever get talked to about your weight? Like, did they put any restrictions on you about finding you or anything like that? Oh yeah, uh, every time I was overweight, which happened. We'll just say it happened. It was $450 per pound per day. What's the most you have ever been over? Uh, they capped it at $1,200. So I paid that once. $450, that's three pounds at least over. Right? Yeah. My, my weight, I had to be between 288 and 292. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny to me that they didn't try to put like an athletic weight on you. They just wanted to restrict you to save you. From getting 300 Yeah. That's all it was. Which, and here's awesome. Now, were you there for Dungey? Uh, no, but I've met him once or twice. Yeah, so I get cut from New York uh, on a golf course, which that'll ruin your back nine. And then... How are you at golf? Good? I, I enjoy playing. All right, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not great, but I enjoy playing. All right. Um, and then I am uh, get a call from Indy. Hey, come on up. We want to work you out, whatever. And I show up and I weigh in and I'm 300 on the dot. Nailed which it. is less than I thought it would be. Or it was, yeah, way less than I thought it would be. Well, you're probably dehydrated from golfing and drinking, probably. Well, I just didn't eat that day either. I was like, oh, my God, I got to lose this weight. Hurry. <laughs> um, and get, leave it to Dungey. He walks right up to me, and he goes, huh? Well, I won the bet. And I'm like, what the hell? He goes, I said you'd be 300. I'm like, thanks, Tony. Tony Dungey's <laughs> betting on your weight coming in. Oh, yeah, and apparently a couple of the other coaches. And he won, so good for him. Oh, man. Love it. I very much enjoy the fact that you fully embrace the fact that you're just a big dude. Like, instead of hiding from it. Yeah, I mean, I'm bigger than I should be. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm doing some stuff now working on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. got to know what you are, and everybody's got to fit in life, and this is, this is mine. You're wearing a shirt that says the Jared Lorenzen Project. What is that? Is that what you get uh, in shape? Uh, this, yeah, this says I started this about... Two months ago, we're on Facebook under this Jared Rising Project, and I'm going around speaking and talking about obesity. I think it was something that needed a face to it, so I decided I'd be that face, and um, 
it's pretty cool. We've got a nice little community of people on there that are out losing weight. We're doing walks. We're doing lifts. We're just doing a little bit of everything. What's your goal? Uh, I don't have a weight loss goal amount, like amount of pounds, um, but I want to be off freaking blood pressure medicine. I'm 36. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that I'm on blood pressure medicine. So the day that I can wake up and not have my back hurt and knees hurt and all that, uh, that'll be the day I feel better. Good for you. What are you, you're dieting, yeah. exercising. You said you have walks and lifts. Are you filming at all? What's the deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm filming it all. We're doing a documentary of it. Um, so we're, like I said, we're about two months into it, three months in. I've got a mobile gym. It's a trailer that they turned into a badass gym. Um, I've got uh, I've got nutritionists, doctors, everybody kind of working with me on it. It's it's been awesome. This is fucking awesome. Where are you keeping track of yourself every day? Do you weigh in every day? Do you pee every day? Do you get tests every day? Like what what is the in depth analysis of it? Um, I, I go to the doctor about once every other week. Okay. That's when it's hit because I've lived on a scale for so long that I won't do it anymore. Yep. I completely understand that. I fucking hated weigh-in days. And even if I was nowhere near your level of finage and shit, I just hated it. I didn't give a fuck. If I ball, I ball. It, yeah. And that's, that's the kind of way I looked at it. It's like, oh, I'm too big. I know, I know when I'm too big. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, long story short, I, I went through a divorce, kind of went downhill came out of it and now I'm just like, you know what, dude, let's let's lose this. Let's um let's, let's not be fucking so go, Jared. Let's go. So. Oh yeah. I'm I'm excited about it, man. It's been freaking incredible. The response, you know how social media is. Yep. I mean they can be dickheads. Yep. And I've probably received six thousand messages and only one has been negative. I mean these people are awesome. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Let me teach you a little something about that negative social media reaction, right? Because I get it on a very regular basis. If somebody doesn't like me and they don't enjoy me, after I put out a video or a tweet that I think is hilarious, if they want to send something hateful, there is 0% chance that person and I would ever hang out. So I give absolutely no fucks about a single thing that person has to say. You you, you couldn't have said it better. You're you're right. I mean, if I think something's funny, I'm going to put it out there. And And I do. And I'm as sarcastic as people get. I'm a smart ass. I don't care. But because if I think it's funny, it's going to go out there. And if and you don't like it, we probably wouldn't be friends anyways. If you want to hate, exactly right. if you want to hate on a guy who's thirty six years old, fresh out of a divorce on a rebound, who's always been talked about being a big guy, trying to change his life around, then you're probably just a piece of shit anyways with no friends. So fuck that guy. It's exactly right, man. Double barrel. Fuck him. Hey, <laughs> put them both up there, cousin. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> I, I, I'm going off your boy out back there. Old Stone Cold. He throw him up for me. Hey. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, um, do you like wrestling? Oh, I love it. You know I'm trying to get in that. Are you really? I saw the uh, some of the stuff you were doing. I think I'm supposed to be a wrestler, so hopefully I'll be your next favorite wrestler whenever you're back in That your- would be, man, I'll tell you what. I love I I've been to some of the big events. They're a blast. I love them. I absolutely love it. It's a men's soap opera. If you it's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's something me and my son can bond over now, so he he's into it. I mean, I, I hate the fact that he says that like Stone Cold sucks and huh. Undertaker's terrible. Huh. I'm like, oh, he's like Cena. I'm like, you, you're stupid. I love you, but you're stupid. And you know, you I got to think about maybe now. giving away that kid. I, well, I, I'm telling you right now, I got to get him back. I got to get the old school with him. I got to get him back into like Jake the Snake, oh. Snooka, Rowdy. You know, oh. I got to get him into those. Pieces. Way back, you're going way back. There's a, a DVD that's like the history of the WWE Championship. It's awesome. Really? It's absolutely awesome. Yeah, because it breaks yeah. through all the greats because all the greats have had it. So it's literally from the beginning to the end. So it's, yeah. Oh, I'll buy it to him for Christmas. All right. Um, 
What is your Twitter so people can follow along with the Jared Lorenzen project as you get back to fit, man? Good for you. Is this going to be yeah. your first time ever really being in shape? If you get down to, like, good shape, would it be the first time in your life? Because you said in high school. Since high school. Since high school. Yeah, since high school. I mean, uh, high school I could really, you know, I was going from basketball to football, football to basketball to baseball. So I was, you know, how it is you're constantly going. Yep. Um, but now you can follow. Facebook's the biggest one. It's the Jared Lorenzen Project on Facebook. My Twitter is at Jared Lorenzen 22. That's awesome. So I'm always, you know, if you like sarcastic people, that's me. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. How, do you throw a fastball pretty good, I bet, huh? Uh, yeah, I threw a lot of junk, too. Oh, you can so control I was, it, yeah, huh, I, I had a shot to play, um, maybe play in the minors, but I figured, you know, God bless me with a strong left arm. I'll try and do it in football. Well, a lot of people would say you have a strong left arm or you go to baseball too, Jared. I don't want to say your kids. Well, I know, but I, I, baseball, there's the minors. Mm. Ah. I would have been stuck there. and uh, anyway. Bus rides. Huh. Oh, you ain't seen a bus ride. even in an indoor bus ride. So indoor football league bus ride, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, there's no uprights in some fucking <laughs> yeah. All right, Jared, I appreciate you so much, man. I can't wait to keep up with the Jared Lorenzen Project, Throwboy Tees, everything you're doing. Good for you, man. Finding a second life at 36. That's good news. Thanks, buddy, man. I appreciate you. Pulling hard for you. Jared Lorenzen. Thanks, buddy. See you, man. See you, buddy. It really is terrible that he's gone. Gone too soon. He was only 38. But just judging from what you've seen on social media over the last couple days, Everyone respected and loved this guy. Didn't matter who it was or what his relationship to them was. He was just a he was just a ray of sunshine. You know, everywhere everywhere he went, he uplifted everybody. He was always fun to be around, and um, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to talk to him. All right, that's the show. We'll be back to regularly scheduled programming come Monday. Everyone will be back in the office, uh, and we got some good shit coming out down the pipeline here. Foxy's working on an awesome video from the Bahamas trip. That's going to be insane. We got the uh, the documentary, the tour, which is going to be released at some point. There's a shitload of footage from that. That's coming out at some point. And uh, we got we got some, some good interviews lined up for the next couple weeks as well. So we appreciate everyone rocking with us. Enjoy your 4th of July. Be safe. Be responsible. But have a good time. And uh, Pat and the boys will be back on Monday. Cheers.
was in school, we used to sing it something like this. Listen here. Oh, beautiful, far spacious skies, far amber waves of rain. A purple mountain majesties over the fruited plain. But now wait a minute, I'm talking about America, sweet America. You know. Oh, my God. 